0: Welcome back to the Dabble Co. Podcast. I am the excited today. I've got my fave guest of all time, Ed O'Brien, my roommate, first husband, um, here as a guest. <laughs> I think I'm funnier than he does. Anyway, um, I'm really, I actually am excited because we've been working on a partnership with the new Health and Wellness Institute at MUSC, and so we're going to talk about that today. Talk about what what is the Health and Wellness Institute? Why is it launching? What does it mean for the community in Charleston and South Carolina as a whole? So, for those of you who aren't listening locally, um, MUSC is the Medical University of South Carolina. So it's the premier academic medical institution for our state. Um, But the Health and Wellness Institute is a new thing that they're doing. So, you know, when you think about academic hospitals, it's like where you go when you're deathly ill and you like need some crazy treatment or something really weird or strange stuff is going on. Um, But they've been working on this project to really get the word out about some incredible stuff that goes on there. Um, Really incredible treatments and technology research that is hopefully to keep people in the wellness space where they don't have to get so sick that they then need MUSC. Ed, is that a good way to say it? (laughs) I'm so feeling us. Yes, yes. How are you? Welcome back to the podcast.
1: Oh, great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Toads, my goats.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. You just walked on down the hall, didn't you?
1: Yep, I did.
0: Yes. Thank you for being here. Um, what is your title? What are your various titles at at in life?
1: Uh, <clears throat> those are top secret. But I, um,
0: if you've ever gotten an email from Ed, let's just put it out there: there are twelve lines of text under his name that have various degrees and titles, and it's obnoxious. Yeah, I'm sorry.
1: Yes, each title is less important than the one before. Um, <laughs> I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, what we're doing. At MUSC, my involvement with this is mostly around the MUSC Health Solutions, which helped to create the Health and Wellness uh, Institute that we're putting together, which is pretty – it's going to be pretty cool. Pretty different, I would say, for, for what I think people are used to from MUSC and from academic medical centers around the United States.
0: But what made y'all think of this in the first – I mean, why Why health and wellness? Why – if if MUSC is good at taking care of people when they're really sick – then what drove you to you guys to want to help them when they're well or help keep them well?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, there's several things without getting too many details. We really just kind of looked around and we're like, well, you know, we're really, really good at taking care of people when they're sick, you know, the mm-hmm. best, the best of the best. But what's happening to these people when they're well? What well, they're seeking before they're, sick. before they're sick. I mean, they're seeking things out in the community to keep themselves well, and why don't we have a hand in that, and why don't we help inform people what things that they're seeking in terms of wellness are actually good, and which ones are kind of totally bogus, similar to what Dapple Co. does.
0: I was gonna say, did you guys, were you like, hey, can we do what you're doing?
1: Yes, our lawyers say, don't say that we're ripping you off, but yeah, kind of.
0: <laughs> um, you kind of are, it's fine. Uh, one of us has to get paid for what we're doing. So happy it's you. Um, you know, sorry to me, but that's <laughs> fine. No, I'm excited. I mean, we've been talking about it for a couple of years, honestly, and it's been a long time in the works because obviously MUSC is a big place. And so it's tough to get things going and off the ground and approved and all of that but we've been talking about this we've we've actually both been working on it for what two years probably two or three years
1: oh yeah and longer i mean it's it's kind of like this if 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 you're listening to this podcast and you've done meditation mm-hmm. right
0: i have not i don't actually understand it. right
1: yeah i can't sit still that long either but hopefully i'll, I'll do it one day or if you've you know attempted to eat a vegan diet or a vegetarian diet or a plant-based diet or something healthier than the traditional fast food diet. Mm-hmm. And, or you've realized that, Hey, when you exercise, when you do yoga or run or bike or Peloton or whatever, that you are feeling better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that can likely correlate to not needing to go to the doctor in theory.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, there's a ton of mounting evidence showing that that stuff has real long lasting health you know uh, uh, implications, which <laughs> sounds obvious, right? But it's just not something big hospital systems, universities have ever focused on. Um,
0: well, I think it all goes back to data, right? Like if you are, and and it's tough for for people who are totally outside of healthcare to understand. Well, why wouldn't why would healthcare practitioners not focus on that stuff? Well, because we have to use the tools that we have that have actual data behind them that shows. If you have con- condition A, then treatment B works. Treatment C maybe works. Treatment D does not work, right? So, like everything we look at is is hopefully evidence based. And then when you have these interventions, various wellness interventions, right? Like like meditation, exercise, diet. You know all of this stuff. Well, I, I personally don't think it's a, it, you can really say like you know diet food is medicine, right? Like I think that's kind of a slippery slope because that puts people in a mindset of like, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Like it's, I think it's more complicated than that. I I do. But what I'm saying is it's really difficult to get any of these things funded to actually put it into a, a set of data that you can then give to providers to say, Hey, if you've got a patient with hypertension, like here's, we're going to have only these people, these people in this group only do exercise. And these people in this group only do a medication, right? Do you see, you see what I'm saying with that? Like, it's hard to get good data on interventions that are basically that are free, you know?
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I don't think any intervention is free. Per se. I mean, yeah, you go outside and run. I guess that's free. Yeah. but
0: Meditation is free.
1: Yeah. But I mean, doing Exercise it right. Exercise can be free. Yeah. But doing it right is, is I think, a challenge. And If you want to get down to the bottom line of, you know, the secret in medicine of the bottom line of why the hospital systems haven't done this, I mean, you can guess, I'm sure. Anybody listening to this can guess. It's, it's all about the payer. Is it money? Yes. The hospital systems are designed around payers. Right. insurance companies, Medicare, Medicaid, all that. Well, they don't have good data on, you know, paying for your meditation classes. That's what I'm saying. For, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, you're exactly. obviously
0: better at the words, but yes. No, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, if there's not a actual study showing that this exercise intervention is better than your statin or your, you know, heart blood pressure med or whatever, then insurance isn't going to pay for it, which means your doctor's not going to get paid for it, the hospital's not going to get paid for it, so... We, we, we toe the line between doing what we know is shown to be proven and works and it, and it gets paid for. And then what we think works. I mean, and and we talk to patients about both, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of times.
1: Yeah. And I'll say the other dirty little secret for insurance to me, the, the worst part about insurance and I'm not, I mean, I have insurance, I'm not against insurance, but, but is that even if they know something works like a meditation or whatever, then they may not want to pay for it because it's too easy to access. So
0: what does that
1: mean? Utilization. So the reason one of the reasons that insurance companies don't want to pay for telemedicine at reimbursed at the same rate as in-person mm-hmm. is because it's so convenient. They know you'll use it more.
0: <gasps> oh. Right?
1: So they're they you know, they're got smart people there doing their accounting and actualizing their data over decades, and they realize, well, hey, you know, if Ed O'Brien it's a pain in the butt for him to go into the hospital and park in the garage and find, you know, and it's just, mm-hmm. it is painful. And mm-hmm. he don't want to sit in a waiting room full of sick people, you know, because, mm-hmm. and he thinks that whole concept is outdated and he's not going to go to the doctor, but once a year. But if it's telemedicine, he may go four times a year,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and you know, that costs us more. you I never know? thought about that. Yeah. That's one thing that, that that was new. That was why I realized as trying to get these contracts with some insurance companies for telemedicine, I realized I was like, why well, on earth would you guys not want to do this? You're going to catch disease earlier. It's going to cost you less in the long run. Well, it's not then we really have like
0: that. to pay that. for it. Yeah, you
1: know, yeah. you might not be the client of me, Blue Cross Blue Shield, by the time you're 50, but I'm paying for you right now. It's complicated. I, I can't pretend to understand it all, but that's definitely a part.
0: Well, I think one takeaway is that people are really focused on big pharma. And to me, they are not the enemy. It's big insurance. I don't know. Well,
1: I would say the enemy is big middleman. <laughs>
0: Who's big middleman to you?
1: Like To me, when you go get a prescription mm-hmm. and it goes through your insurance, there's a TPA, you're paying them a fee, like which is like a, this manager in between your prescription and what your insurance get reimbursed and what you pay for it. That's bananas to me. What? Oh, yeah. Look it up. Look up TPA. You guys want to get mad about something?
0: I don't. Forget I don't the pharmacy need to, companies. More things to be mad about. Forget the
1: docs and all that. Forget the... So and you'll get real mad when you realize that. CVS and those big chains own some of the TPA companies. and it it's That's bananas. I'm not going to get into that.
0: We've taken a hard left yeah. into um, non-related things. But, I mean, it is all related, though, honestly.
1: The, the reason it's related is because you don't see – this is why you don't see a lot of health systems, even though we know that health is related to exercise, nutrition, and and, and uh, I'll call it inner health, not not mental health. I don't want to confuse mental health. It is mental health, but I'm going to call it inner health because – I don't want to confuse it with like a severe psychiatric condition or something like that, you know, Okay. Um, or or something that, you know, like severe depression or something. I I just want it to be what you would do prior to maybe getting to that point.
0: That's interesting because I do think we call kind of all of it mental health, but really, I mean, there's kind of a couple of different layers or levels, if you will.
1: Yeah, I think mental health is too wide of a, I think mental health is a great term but it's too wide of a spectrum to just lump. Too many things get lumped into that. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with like physical health. Well, okay, you know, is that exercise or is that you need heart surgery? It's all physical health, right? I, mean, I just think, hmm. you know, it, it it needs to be kind of fleshed out a little better. The point is, you know, you don't, the, that's, so that's the background. It wasn't too far left because that's kind of the background of why you don't see a lot of big academic medical institutions or hospital systems really yeah. focusing on, hey, you know, you there who, doesn't need to be in the hospital, you know, Mm -hmm. you there who really, you don't have hypertension, you don't have diabetes, you're not obese. Mm. And you know, your main issue is how your skin looks. Well, (laughs) you know, is it me? uh, Yes, it's you. (laughs) Um, but the point is, Hey, you know, we want to be able to offer you some services that you do already. Let's, let's offer you, you know, let's get you involved in some yoga classes that we can vet for you that are that are, you know we know are really healthy. Or let's get you involved in some mindfulness, uh, you know, programs so that you don't have anxiety, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you don't need to be on medications or, you know, let's get you, um, some dietary classes or teach you some things, you know, in terms of your diet that can avoid you having an inflammatory condition down the road. You know, and and what's in it for us is probably the next question.
0: Oh sure, um, is He's that said it.
1: yeah? I mean, I think people need to know what's in it for MUSC. It's not some sort of top secret mission. We're well, on and here. this
0: is applicable to any. I mean, a lot of major health institutions are are forming these kinds of institutes within mm-hmm. their, you know, within yeah. their campuses. And yeah. I think, I think it's important for. I mean, it, it's it's a, not just an MUSC thing. I mean, this podcast today is, but you know there are a lot of people that listen that aren't local that maybe not even realize that their hospital system that they're affiliated with may have resources like this. Right.
1: I mean, I think ultimately it comes down to being the best is no longer good enough. Okay. So medicine has switched within, it's not an overnight switch. COVID has sped up the switch. We basically switch from if you're the best gastroenterologist, if you do the best colonoscopies or you're the best colon cancer people in town, that is not good enough anymore. Hmm. Like you actually have to develop a relationship with patients and offer them services that they're going to want when they're sick or not sick. And it's people want to be plugged into something over a continuum and they want incredibly easy access and high level of service and to feel plugged in and to feel you know that barrier between them and whatever access they want is gone. And we know that you know giving them access to things that they want before they're sick is a vital part of the, uh, the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And that if it's all under one roof, that, that patient is likely to stay under that roof.
0: Well, and I mean, you just, you, you want to highlight too. I feel like I have learned an incredible amount of, about the resources that are available to this community over the last six months, which and nobody has any clue that these are here. I mean, I'm learning about these, providers that are like there's a there's a physician who specializes also in culinary medicine there's a physician who's you know there's well there's multiple physicians who are completely plant-based and practice lifestyle medicine not functional medicine lifestyle medicine is very different and you know, there's, and I'm hopefully going to interview Dr. Badron who, who invented that. Um, oh my gosh, now I can't remember the name of it and I'm embarrassed. Um, that mindfulness, have you seen the mindfulness thing? What is it called? With I got the name of it. Yes. Of I'm sorry, Dr. Badron. Oh, forgive me. I can't remember the name of it, but the, it's this like thing. It's a, it's electro uh, or magnetic stimulation across the brain when you're meditating And it like increases the efficacy of your meditation. It's anyway. It's really freaking cool. I'm obviously gonna let him explain it because I'm like totally butchering it. But, um, just the things that are going on in these hospitals, I think people just don't even know about. They don't know. They don't. You don't know what you don't know. And there's tons of resources for people. And I think that's really the goal is to make the community aware of that. Hey, like you don't. You don't have to. Be using the internet, you know, and unqualified, random. I mean, I, you know, I hate to say, it but like random people who you don't you don't know you don't know what their qualifications are, and they went to like an online course maybe, and now they're guiding you and your health. And sometimes that can be really helpful, but in conjunction with evidence based practice, I think is the way that hopefully people will start to go. Because right now we're kind of we kind of have these two categories. We've got like. People out in the community that, you know, want to help, but that may not be qualified to do really what they're doing. And then you've got these big academic medical institutions where, you know, it seems scary and, oh, well, gosh, I'm not three shades of dead, so I don't want to go there. You know, like, I I mean, that's how I feel. I'm like, I don't want to go to MUSC unless I'm half dying, you know. Yeah. But now learning all this stuff, I mean, it's fascinating what is what resources are there and available for the community? Hell, and I worked there for ten years. Let me just say, that. I mean, I didn't yeah. even know half of this stuff was going on.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, even I don't want to go to MUSC if I'm, unless I'm real sick. You know, you. I mean, I think there's a little bit of this sounds might sound bad, but there might be even a little bit of shame in like showing up somewhere where you're like, like
0: uh, oh gosh, you're at MUSC. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm,
1: no, I'm just here for like a well check, you know, or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. this is kind of a tough pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a tough road to go down, and I do think. But that doesn't mean that an institution like that, who's overqualified knowledge wise, shouldn't be able to help you on your journey to health. Okay? Your journey yeah. to health does not mean, you know, curing your current sickness. Like mm-hmm. it's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And you have to have strong academic institutions that, yes, historically are slow moving and maybe boring. Um,
0: Nerds at the nerdery. Yeah,
1: yeah. You have to have their support in at least vetting. You know what latest Instagram phase is is <laughs> legitimate or not, right?
0: Would you say truth versus trending?
1: Yeah, that's something. Yeah, we'll just use that from now on. We'll copyright that. Thanks for saying that.
0: <laughs> Stop! <laughs> I worked so hard <laughs> on it. Actually, Reams came up with that. Thanks, Reams. So if you've been following DabbleCo and me for any length of time, you know that I'm super careful with anybody that I endorse or any partnership or brand here. So the goal is always to share evidence-based medicine and things backed by actual science with our audience and our followers. So I was thrilled when BetterHelp approached me to do a partnership with them. So thank you so much to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is an online platform that connects you to counseling in an incredibly convenient and affordable way, which I think are the two biggest barriers to counseling access and affordability. So I was actually really surprised when I looked up their rates for counseling. They were a third of what I feel like I've ever heard and what I've personally paid. Um, It solves both of the problems with literally the click of a button on the internet. So I have personally seen the benefits of counseling. I know firsthand how important it is and I know it plays a crucial role in mental health. So check them out and they will know that I sent you and you'll get 10% off. Your first month of counseling, if you head to BetterHelp.com/dabbleco, um, so it's super easy. BetterHelp.com/dabbleco. Thanks, guys.
1: Yeah. So the idea is though that we we want to meet patients where they are. You know, if you're a 30 year old healthy mom, you know who's looking to I don't know who's looking who 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 the COVID has affected who you're just really you know, you don't need to see a psychiatrist, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but you just feel like I don't know. Family life isn't isn't ideal.
0: Is you know? it me again?
1: No, this is not you. I would say give an example of like you're sick of your husband being around, or <laughs> if it was you. But Are you sure, it's not. I'm sure, but it's but it you know then we have a resiliency clinic that we offer. For example, That's just mm-hmm. basically you go in and you we have a great Dr. Reingold who does it, and she's just great. And it's something that it just really teaches you. It's almost like a life school clinic, but it's it's pretty.
0: it's like evidence-based life coaching oh yeah
1: you make some pretty huge changes and and I've
0: never heard of this and that's
1: another thing do you know there's only like five certified health coaches in the whole state of South Carolina we have one at MUSC
0: no what 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 do you mean what what makes it wait yeah because I oh let me tell you something there there is every corner on Instagram has a Certified health coach. What do right. you what What are you saying? As right. a certified health coach, there's a, a true coach?
1: national certification. Also,
0: this sounds scripted. Like I swear to, you, I like I we I don't rehearse any. I have no idea. Ed, this is totally off the cuff. So I'm like, what's a certified health coach? Like, no, literally, I don't know. I'm we're just
1: yeah. Well, apparently, I, I'm not
0: one. drinking wine in my bedroom. Is but, really what uh, we're doing?
1: Yeah, I mean, certified. There's a national certification. That's there's one basically standard, high standard national certification, and and there's not a lot of people who have it. Um, and I don't know all the details.
0: What's the, oh, okay. Yeah,
1: but, but it's, but it's very hard to get. And, um, you know, we have, like I said, there's only five in the whole state and we have one. I think there's a lot of other.
0: Do you know who it, what's their name?
1: I don't remember. Okay. But. I'll get them,
0: well, I'll interview them.
1: Yeah, I think, let's just say this. There's a lot of people out in the community who are what I call lightly credentialed, (laughs) Mm -hmm, which mm. is, you know, internet credentialed or whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it. And you got to be careful, um, on on a lot of uh, Ways with that kind of stuff. However, heavily credentialed people, people with MDS and PhDs and all this kind of stuff, actually can help you in your day to day life too. You know, you don't have to be on death's door or have some rare thing to 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 have their assistance. So that's kind of where we're going. Another thing we want to really do is we got to get a little more unique about how we do our how we show people what kind of physical condition they're in. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, these days you don't need to be visual; it needs to be digital needs to be something that's unique. So we're going to start a, a pretty cool uh, clinic up in Mount Pleasant that gives you like a true digital picture of your health and ways to intervene. Um,
0: What's that called?
1: Uh, we don't have a name for it totally yet, and it's being built right now, but uh, it's going to be really neat. It's, it's, it's based loosely off of the uh, Lab 100 concept, um, which is out of Mount Sinai um, in New York. So you can look that up if you really want to, but uh, it'll be really neat. I, I just think... I'll just say this, the, the days of people going to their doctor on a very routine primary basis where they show up, you know, they get their blood work, they show up, they get to the doctor and they says, Oh, we'll get this blood test. They get the blood test. The doctor calls them back a couple of weeks later about the blood test. Mm-hmm. You know, now your cholesterol is high. Here's a statin medication. My prayer is that those days are over and that, you know, no, you have a digital appointment mm-hmm. and you go get your labs Somewhere, Or maybe the lab person comes to your house, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then you're looking at that digital dashboard and the doctor's making recommendations that involve nutrition, you know, exercise, you know, maybe a supplement, I don't know, or you know, and lifestyle modifications. True different lifestyle modifications where they can prescribe to you like, hey, hey, Ed, your cholesterol is a little bit up, you know, like, I actually want you, I'm going to prescribe you like a vegan diet. I, I shouldn't go that far. I'm going to prescribe you like a vegetarian Sorry, diet said, yes. for, for six weeks. And then or I'm
0: going to send you to our nutritionist who exactly. is like but who is actually trained to do that.
1: Right. And so I think there's a lot of people, especially younger people, who are really hesitant to to get stuff they're hesitant to start on medications so that they might be on the rest of their whole lives. And I think they're more willing yeah. to I don't mean to to old people, younger people, old people. Anybody could be willing. I just mean the generation who's not currently accessing healthcare to a high degree when I say the younger people. Mm-hmm. Um, are more willing to do some, I would say, more unique lifestyle interventions um, now.
0: It's a weird. I I feel like there's a weird dichotomy in among patient populations when, when like, there are a lot of people though who who come in and like just want you to fix like like I, can you just like give me a prescription and so there's both and that's hard as a provider. I mean, but, you know, education is such a big part of that and I think we've got to get better as a system at using our resources, right? Like we've got to get providers more comfortable with using the resources that are there at their disposal, dis- Disposal like nutritionists, like exercise scientists, like their physiologists, their, you know, physical therapists, um, you know, like the resiliency coach. I mean, all, all of these people who can help their patients that do want to be helped or that that want to be educated on, why a medication may not be the best thing for them to start just a new medication that you're going to be on in perpetuity.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. Here's the thing. If you want to be old school about it, we got you covered. If you want to use your <laughs> your wall phone and dial up and book an appointment with a doctor mm-hmm. and come in and get your blood work and meet meet them and literally and get prescribed a medication and that you may need. I'm mean, I'm not saying you wouldn't need it. Probably totally the right thing mm-hmm. and do it that way, no problem. Got you covered. Mm-hmm. What we are doing as a system, however, is leaving out the people mm-hmm. who want it the other way,
0: who yeah. want a true right.
1: digital first experience with some alternate treatment plans prior to going on medication. Who really don't want that? Those people are being that's left out. A gone. good point. And yeah. that's who we're trying to get right. with this Health and Wellness Institute.
0: Like you want a prescription? I got. I we can do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I'm one of those people. I don't want to show up there. I, I want to try some other things. Oh yeah, I've been yeah, there. Yeah, I, I just so.
0: I have horrible reflux, horrible. Do I want to quit eating dark chocolate? And like, we had spaghetti for dinner and like a glass of wine. No, I'm like, well, can't I just take Zantac? Like, I don't want to do all that, you know? So, I mean, guilty. We're all I, like, hey, I'm going to put myself in that category.
1: Yeah. And the pro- the real problem with get- leaving the people behind is they will seek some of this Instagram stuff or whatever. Right. Waste their money. Yeah. You know, not get healthier. And then create a general distrust <laughs> towards towards the actual health system, mm-hmm. which is really unwarranted, so you got to meet the people where they are, and I think that's what we're trying to do. I don't think large academic medical institutions or hospitals have done a good job meeting people where they are um, and I think that's what we're trying to do
0: well to be fair I mean yeah, I mean you got to be fair to yourself too like you guys are taking i mean it's taking care of the sickest of the sick, you know, and so it's like you want to put out the the, the biggest fires first obviously but hope you know hopefully as these institutions grow they can step back and put these plans into place where they can also put up a little small fires along That's the way right. too.
1: Yeah and I mean some things that MUSC has done have been incredible as far as meeting the patients where they are telehealth for example I mean we've way ahead of covid with telehealth I mean you know we're seeing millions of people before there was any kind of covid but
0: Because Ed O'Brien in January was like, um, there is a problem coming and I need to deal with it. And everybody was like, WTF are you, literally are you talking about? And I will say, did you ever read that Mount Pleasant mom article Mm -hmm. on me? (laughs) Okay. So I just gave this interview to the paper last month and I was like, Ed will never read this, but they said, what are you most proud of? And I was like, literally, I am so proud of my husband and his accomplishments this year. And. I mean, always, but particularly this year has been really challenging, you know, for, for everybody, but, you know, for us just personally, it's been really um draining and difficult and just emotionally and mentally draining is kind of the only word to say it, but um, I was like, I am so proud, you know, South Carolina is usually last in most things and our ability to respond to COVID electronically and talk about meet the people where they are. I mean, we had the second drive-through testing center in the nation because Ed started working on that stuff in January. We had telemedicine capability free for the entire state starting in March because Ed had already set that up, you know, a year before that. And, you know, basically just fought for that. And, and when the time came, it was there.
1: Yeah. Well, all those things are group efforts, of course. Um, you know, there's tons of people at MUSC that yeah.
0: do that. You do have that. great, Teams. Oh, gosh, a yeah. lot of ladies on your
1: team our team is mostly ladies a lot
0: of ladies
1: Tom, you know what actually Caroline is, times two team is almost all ladies
0: a lot of ladies Tom Crawford's
1: a great guy and Collie they've all done great with that I mean you know that's a total group but it's a good example of how you know you got to meet the people where they are and you know what not everybody had the digital access so you know we set up a phone line I mean I do think MUSC has done a great job meeting people where they are yeah. in the traditional medical sense um, but in doing that, you know, you're meeting the people who need the care. And so we want to get ahead of that. Um, so yeah, so that's what we're most, I think most excited about this. And I think we'll have some opportunities and listen, <laughs> I get it in order to get people to want to do something with the MUSC. It has to look as good as Instagram mm,
0: and it has, tough. yeah, and it
1: has to be, it has to be, you know,
0: tough branding, not you know, attractive.
1: Yeah. Yeah has to be catchy and you know mm. it probably shouldn't be just plain blue and white like our normal website or whatever right? a
0: lot of rules at musc <laughs> there
1: are a lot of rules lot we have to follow rules. that's no doubt about that a
0: lot of rules no tried to get our own business cards one time big mistake
1: yeah no there's there's a lot of mm. uniformity
0: a lot of rules um do you want to talk about the ketamine clinic for a second
1: uh sure
0: i'm definitely gonna have dr jones on so like don't i mean i'll have her yeah. dive deep dive into it but i feel like that people need to hear at least a preview of that before she comes on too.
1: Yeah. And I think actually this kind of part of this is also, you know, we know there is a massive, um, I don't want you to call it tidal wave in the, in the world really of depression, anxiety, mm. PTSD, you know, OCD, all this kind of stuff. And there's just, there's not enough psychiatrists to, yeah. to take care of it. Obviously not, not enough psychiatrists, not enough psychologists, social therapists, workers,
0: all, all, yeah,
1: social all of it. not none, none of it. It's just not enough and there never will be. Um, so, we also know that not everybody responds well to medication, taking a pill every day. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, you know, the efficacy rates of those daily pills, not as high as you would like them to be, you know, right. they're not, they're in double digits, but they're not like 80% or anything like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're 50, 50. I mean, they're not as good as certainly not as good as the COVID vaccine <laughs> efficacy mm-hmm. rate. Anyway, um, so, just throwing that out there. They're closer. Marker. They're closer to the flu shot rate. Just look it up. Anyway. So, The point is, though, there's other medications: ketamine, MDMA, psilocybin, which is magic mushrooms, MDMA, which is street name is ecstasy, uh,
0: Molly, ketamine, Molly,
1: and ketamine is Special K. Um, (laughs) I don't particularly use the street names for these drugs, (laughs) but uh,
0: but meet the people where they are.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, um, the point is, though, these drugs were relatively. You know how in society now we know in general sense that probably we should legalize marijuana or at least decriminalize it to some degree? Right. Uh, it's pretty obvious. I think it's, most it's,
0: of us agree with yeah, that. Yeah,
1: it's not. It's not. It just, let's just agree that it's not like insanely dangerous. Okay. Let's,
0: let's, okay, let's so yeah. definitely agree that alcohol is significantly more dangerous for your health, for, your, I mean, a million things than marijuana. Anyway, we digress. Carry on.
1: Yeah. And so those drugs got really pushed under the, um, I don't know, the, the naughty list, I'll say. you the know, table, the Back rest? in the 60s, 70s, right. even 80s or whatever. However, and so to to the degree that they really, the research was almost squashed. Uh, fortunately, Hopkins and a few other places continue the research process. And it turns out that ketamine, MDMA, and these drugs are incredibly good at treating depression, anxiety, PTSD, OCD, even fear, um, you know, in hospice and stuff like that, fear of death, all this kind of stuff. And so what we have, we've realized, in MUSC has been researching this for a while, is that, you know, we can give people ketamine once a week, mm-hmm. you know, once a month for a couple weeks, two, three, four weeks, and then they don't need pills mm-hmm. for, for a year, two years, longer. I mean, what, it's it's
0: Or it takes them from a place of crippling anxiety or PTSD to the point where they're not socially functional anymore to some, some sense of normalcy. So even if they still need their, I mean, and I'll talk about my personal experience. I mean, for me, I y'all have probably heard. I mean, if you've been listening for a little while, you've probably heard about my surgery and issues with headaches before and after the surgery. And I've been on Prozac for years for predominantly anxiety, but sometimes I'll get so anxious that I'm like, am I anxious? Am I depressed? I don't know what's going on. And Part of this whole headache cascade and brain surgery thing was that I had to get off my Prozac and change my meds around. Anyway, it came time for me. I really wanted to get back on my Prozac and just kind of, you know, level up a little bit. And I started taking it and I was getting a 10 out of 10 headache all day, every day. I mean, I was miserable for like two weeks. And so I had to stop. And my anxiety was just through the freaking roof. And so Ed, this was in like September. Ed was like, "Listen, the ketamine clinic has just start like just gotten going. Do you want to you want do you want to go? Do you want to do some sessions?" So I only I did three sessions, really, because that's all it took. One, I was able to get back on my Prozac because I didn't have it. And I, I am not saying this is purely anecdotal but ketamine works on the chronic pain receptors or is it chronic pain receptors only or just pain? We don't, I don't know. Dr. Jones will will answer that for us. But I remember that after the second session, I was like, I I, I don't know. I'm going to try to get back on my Prozac because I haven't had a headache in like two months and that's not a thing for me. Like that's not a thing that happens in my world. I mean, I haven't had a headache free day in like six years. I've maybe had like four and, but anyway, so, so it, for me, did it take away my anxiety? No, but it allowed me to get to a place where I wasn't waking up at 2 a.m. every night, 3, 2, 3 in the morning, having a full-on full, full on panic attack in the middle of the night. I mean, you're sleeping and just wake up feeling like, I'm gonna have a heart attack. I am i can't breathe. Um, anyway, so that's just my very personal, brief, anecdotal ex- experience with it. But talking about, didn't they do a big study at the VA with PTSD. Yeah, with
1: severe PTSD, these are guys who, who had been on all the those SSRI medicines, all the Lexapro's, whatever, Prozacs, all this kind of stuff. It basically failed that. They gave them. I think it was just a few weeks of ketamine, and they had something like an eighty-seven percent cure rate. I mean, cure being you know they scored lower on the scales and they were functional all of a sudden. Yeah. So you see some stuff like that, and you 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 realize that hey, some of these medicines that we had kind of poo-pooed in the past. Because we're worried about them being addicting, which, by the way, ketamine is frankly not addicting.
0: Oh, I'm not. Um, I mean, I could never look at, think about it again, and be totally fine.
1: Yeah. And so now we realize that, oh boy, we've missed something here. Right. Right. (laughs) So you got to get better drugs if you're going to get a a hold of this mental health issue in in the United States. I mean, you know.
0: And there is a Goop, uh, Goop Lab episode about that, guys. So, but you know, what? Let me tell you something. This is what really made me mad. So when the Goop Lab show came out. She has such a good platform. She has such a huge platform that she really actually could have done an amazing service to basically the reputation of these drugs if they had just shown it in a, like a non... Did you watch that episode with me? Uh, you know, yeah. That was, I was stupid. That. I was so angry after that episode because they basically like gave people just like a random dose of mushrooms and they were like all sitting around in a room tripping together. And so afterwards you're like, yeah, I don't really want to do that. That's not what this is like at all. I mean, I'm in. You're, I was in a clinical setting in like a chair with a physician, f- three feet from me. You know, like talking me through the whole thing. It lasted an hour and a half, two hours, whatever. You know, I mean, it was a like having a procedure done. It was not like going to do mushrooms with your friends. Anyway, I just I, I was so bummed out because I thought that episode was going to be really good because there's so much good data coming out about the use of these drugs, and they made it into a joke. I mean...
1: Yeah, and I think that's kind of the idea of some of the things you'll see from the MUSC Health and Wellness Institute is just that we're going to get ahead of some of this stuff, really get out there, um, meet the people where they are. I think there's thousands of people in Charleston who don't feel like they're making a lot of progress with these SSRIs and these drugs and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's other things we can do at MUSC. Especially
0: now. Yeah, we can
1: do transmanatic stimulation. Dr. Baron Short does that. I mean, we could do the ketamine i think there's some decent things that we do that really aren't things you have to take pills for every day right. and and i think our society i think will switch to that kind of thinking uh, you know a little bit down the road we're a little bit ahead of it right now i think but i think we'll get there
0: yeah i think so i mean it's it's really interesting and and what you, people i think i think people want to hear that the evidence is there for these treatments that they're meeting, seeking, and they're reading about it other places. And I mean, what I've learned from this year is that people want, people typically want real and accurate information and that's can be hard to find right now. So
1: that's right. That's right.
0: Well, this has been lovely. Thank you for coming back to the show.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes. We appreciate you in the Dabbleco community.
1: <laughs> I appreciate the community. <laughs> thank
0: you. <laughs> All right guys. Well, that was fun. Um, I hope you learned a little something and be listening and looking out for some more episodes um, I am talking to a psychiatrist tomorrow that specializes in um, all things perinatal wellness that's in women's health um, men- men- women's mental health specifically that's gonna be really interesting um, like I said I'm gonna have dr. Jennifer Jones on who does the ketamine clinic um, I'm gonna have one of the radiation oncologists who's one of my favorite humans on the world on the planet I'm gonna have the guy who invented the thing that I can't remember that does the magnetic stimulation while you're meditating. Um, It's going to be really, really fun. And I'm really excited to be partnering with MUSC for these episodes. So if you liked the information, share it with your friends. That's how people find out about us and how I'm able to get really good guests and bring you guys the best information. So I hope to talk to you in a week or two. Thanks. Bye.